Thank you for listening to Breakthrough Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message brought to you by John Crampton. For more podcasts, news, and other events, please visit breakthroughlife.co.za. Okay, fantastic. So, as we face 2021, it's not a year for the couch. It's a year for being on the front foot. It's a year for us to advance. So what do we know about this year? What is it that we are going to be facing? Well, we're part of an eternal kingdom. We're part of a victorious, triumphant kingdom. So we know that the devil is not winning. So we're not even going to buy into that narrative. Whether you try and find some kind of scripture to back that, We are not going to buy into a theology that says the devil is winning or the devil is bigger than God. That is not true. Theologically, that's not true. So we we know that the kingdom is, is advancing, and because we've been adopted into the royal family, we're part of his advance because we're in him. So that's what we can expect in 2021. We can anticipate and expect that the kingdom is going to advance. One of the other things that we can expect in 2021 is that the saints are going to grow. Oh, hallelujah. This is a year, 21, we're coming of age. It's a year of maturing. It's a year of growing up in God. Yeah? Listen, if you want it all cuddly and cozy, you know, like your warm blanket and your hot milk, kind of like that's infant stage Christianity. Right? And we're not called to be babies. We're not going to remain spiritual babes, but we're going to grow up into all things. It's meat and potatoes, guys, and it's facing a few things that are a little bit challenging that we can exercise our spiritual muscles that we might grow up. So we're coming to a place of maturity. It means that we are going to be facing some headwinds. We're going to be facing some difficult challenges. But... These are opportunities for us to become overcomers. So we are developing into overcomers in 2021. And that's my story. (laughs) I believe that this is what we're going to be facing in 2021. It's going to be a good year. It's actually going to be a great year. There are going to be some challenges, but in the Lord... And with the Holy Spirit's enabling, we are going to be overcomers. So, just wanted to give you those quick headlines as we prophesy into 2021 that this is going to be a good year, a year of growing up and developing in God. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Thank you. I see you sitting in your lounge. Thank you for the thumbs up. Hallelujah. So good. Yay. So, This morning, what I want to do is share with you from the Gospel of John. And uh, we're picking up in uh, the week leading up to the Passion. And so we see in uh, John chapters um, 12, 11, 12, and into 13, that's when we pick up uh, the story in the upper room. And From chapter 13 through to chapter 17, it's all taking place in the upper room. And that's that night where Jesus uh, opened up his heart 
in the most enormous way to uh, the 11 that were there and, uh, and, and shared with them exactly the plan and purpose that he was actually going to go to the cross, even though they didn't quite understand at the time. But later on, as they looked back and with the Holy Spirit's revelation, they then began to understand the full impact of Jesus' words. So in the time leading up to it, we have Jesus going and raising Lazarus from the dead. It's kind of like Jesus is performing this most amazing miracle, resurrecting a dead dude who'd been in the tomb for days. <laughs> and he was demonstrating, because remember, the father was leading him. Jesus said, I only do what I see father doing, and I only say what I hear father saying. And so the father was speaking life to Lazarus. And the father was raising Lazarus from the dead. So Jesus gets in on what the father's will, plan, and purpose is. And so he's demonstrating exactly father's will is to bring resurrection life. Come on. The, the, the timing of this miracle leading up to Jesus then going into Jerusalem and the triumphant entrance. And there's a whole miraculous thing. I mean, wherever Jesus goes, there's just the miraculous just swarms all around him. It's like words of knowledge. And, and the disciples are, are being told, listen, you're going to go to a place and there is a chariot. It's called a donkey. And uh, it's a colt. It's a baby donkey. Never been ridden on before. And, uh, and it's going to be there waiting for you. And when you get there and you go to the dealership, uh, just say the master, of needs of, master has need of it, and they'll just give it to you. It's kind of like no signing over credit deals or anything like that. Um, just, uh, yeah, take it. It's yours. It's just the most amazing supernatural provision of a vehicle that was brand new, never been driven before, and God gives this and releases this supernaturally word of knowledge. The disciples go on a treasure hunt. They find this amazing vehicle. And, and Jesus then gets on, on the donkey. And uh, word gets out that Jesus, the same one who's just raised Lazarus from the dead, he's now coming into Jerusalem. And the people flock to him and they fill in all the potholes. I mean, there's a supernatural thing right there. They fill all the potholes and they use their own cloaks and and they're taking palm um, leaves and branches and they're waving them and it's this great victory parade as Jesus comes in and they shout and sing Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Just the most remarkable thing that's, that's going on. And the local um, news broadcasters, are, they're all there. And, uh, and they're just like witnessing this most phenomenal thing, this event that's, that's taking place. And uh, the religious guys, they're getting really antsy because you're like, they concerned that Jesus is allowing the, this praise and this worship to come. And uh, Jesus said, listen, if you shut these guys up, even the very rocks will cry out. And, uh, and this is just the most uh, amazing scene that's taking place, this mass gathering of people there. And uh, then the next few days, Jesus is, is in the temple there, and he's talking with some of the religious guys. Also, he's speaking about light coming in. And we know, just as we've been remembering because of Advent, 
the announcement that Jesus was coming as the light of the world. In fact, John starts out his gospel, and in John chapter 1, it's all about the light coming in and um, dispelling the darkness and the gloom. We know from Isaiah chapter 9, that's the whole chapter about, you know, and to us, a child is given, a son is born, and the government will be on his shoulders. It says, the verses before that, it says, those who've been walking in gloom and darkness have seen a great light. So John picks up on this, and he's saying, the light has now come into this world. And Jesus, he's busy saying to the guys there in, in um, John chapter 12, listen, guys, while the light is with you, like walk in the light, become children of light. And so there's this whole thing going on, this, this recognition that there's this battle between light and darkness. And this whole lead up then uh, to the Passover and then Jesus, another miraculous thing, there's this provision of this, this uh, special place where they can go and have a feast and they can celebrate the Passover in the upper room there and it's just been provided for them. It's just kind of like, wow, that's crazy. You know, hey guys, when you go, you'll see somebody carrying some pitchers of water and just follow them and that will be the place. It's just the most remarkable provision that Father has for His own, when you're facing lack, do not panic. God's got this, He's got you, and He can cause provision to be released to you in supernatural ways. This is the way of disciples. Hallelujah. Yay. All right? Don't worry about what's happening in this world's economy. God is able to release creative provision into your life, into your family, into your situation. Whether it's transport, whether it's a place to stay, whether it's food, meals, feasting, whatever it is, God is able to release this to you. This is the most remarkable thing. God is showing us the kind of lifestyle that we are to be expecting, anticipating, and walking into. So, so Jesus is, is, everything he's doing is like, he's got so much meaning and, and the supernatural is crashing into the natural world. And so they're there to celebrate the Passover, not knowing that Jesus himself is enacting that he will be the Passover lamb. Just as, as John the baptizer, when, when Jesus was about to launch his public ministry, he said, behold the lamb who takes away the sin of the world. So Jesus came to be that Passover, that sacrificial lamb. And so he, he knows that he's come from the Father, and he knows that he's going back to the Father. He knows who he is. And knowing all of these things, and knowing that he's going to lay down his life, he then takes on the role of the servant, and he washes his disciples' feet. And it was a really stinky job. Uh, you know, as we noted, the, uh, the emissions from the transport of the day you know, people uh, riding donkeys and horses and, you know, they backfired a little bit and it would just be, you know, on, on the streets and they're wearing open, 
you know, sandals and there's dust and there's muck and there's all sorts of garbage and rubbish. And, uh, and so the, the lowest of the lowest of the slaves and the servants, their job was to wash that muck, that smelly stuff off people's feet. And they needed to because when they reclined at the table, they didn't sit at a table sitting on, on stools and chairs that was not the Middle Eastern custom. They would recline at the table, which meant that the guy's feet would have been near somebody else's nose. And that would have put them off their food a little bit. It's kind of like, hmm, strong stuff we're eating today. It's kind of like, it's not the food. It's, so they needed to wash feet. It was a very necessary part of what was going on there. And so Jesus takes on this role of serving, of humility. Again, it's not just a practical thing. It's also a spiritual lesson that he's imparting to his followers. This thing of serving one another and, and knowing who you are, knowing whose you are, and knowing where you are going, you can take the role of a servant. Yay. And so we called into living this way. You know, we're not using Jesus to get more stuff in this life. No, we're using the things of this life to get more of Jesus. Because we know exactly whose we are. It's not about trying to find our identity in our possessions or our fancy house or cars or anything. That stuff, you know what? A house is a house. That's great. A car is a car. That's great. Don't get your identity in those things. Our identity is in the fact that we are part of his family. And so Jesus, knowing all of these things, and, and he's ministering and he's speaking to, to his disciples, and, and he gives them a bunch of headlines. One of the headlines that he gives them in, in chapters 14 and 15 and 16, as he's beginning to share the, the deep truths that are in his heart, he, he's sharing about the, the fact that there's love and there's obeying his words, his commands. So if you love me, you will obey what I say. You will actually live out. This is one of the great things of the Christian life, which is different from religious people. There's some people who want to be religious followers of Jesus, but they don't want to be Christians. There's a big difference between knowing rules, regulations, rituals, and trying to have some external observance just to you know, put on a facade in front of other people, as opposed to those who follow and do whatever Jesus asks them to do out of love. And so we live a life that pleases him because we love him. It's not religious duty, it's a relationship of love. So that's one of the themes that comes through. Um, and another theme is that it's good that I go away, because when I go, the Holy Spirit will come to you. And so Jesus is preparing them for his departure. And they're not fully getting this thing, and we're going to see in a moment, they start asking some questions. Jesus is saying, the Spirit of truth will come. 
I, there's so much more I want to tell you, but you're not ready for it. You, you can't, it'll be too much. It'll overwhelm you. But when he, the Holy Spirit, comes, he will lead you, guide you into all truth. There's going to be the so much more coming your way. And so there's this theme of Holy Spirit that, that comes through. There's another theme that comes through, and it's all about trouble, tribulation, and persecution. And Jesus is speaking to the 11 there, and he's saying, guys, it's going to be really tough. And don't be alarmed, okay? Don't be surprised. Don't think that things are not working out according to plan. There's going to be some difficulties that you're going to be facing, but it's okay. Just as they persecuted me, even as they persecuted the prophets, so they're going to persecute you. A servant is not above their master. If they've persecuted the master, they will persecute you. So there's going to be some difficulty, some trouble, some hardship that you're going to be facing. This is part of the Christian life. Yeah? Really important for us to know and to understand that while we are overcomers, we are going to have to overcome certain hurdles, obstacles, difficulties, challenges, diseases, plagues, persecutions, all these different things, it's part of the Christian life. Now, we don't come under those circumstances, right? Because by the Spirit, we rise above. But don't suddenly think that the devil is winning because you're facing these difficult circumstances, right? Make sure that you're holding on to a proper theology, a theology that has uh, the ability to grasp both the truth that we are overcomers and we're victorious and the fact that we've actually got to go through some stuff. And don't abandon your faith because you've got to go through some stuff. Right? And don't abandon the fact that we call to rise above just because you're surrounded by so much hardship that you actually embrace the hardship and say, oh, that's all there is. So now our glory in this, and it's the only thing that there is. No, it's the holding on to both of these things. We always live in this place of tension. We're being pulled by these two seemingly opposite things, these truths. But that tension gives us the energy to propel us forward. Much as we've noted before, you, you need tension on a guitar string for it to actually make an impact, to make a sound, to get the vibrations going. It's the energy that's released into the environment that creates the sound. All right? And so it's because of that tension that that energy is able to, to be released and to propel us. And so we hold on to these two things in tension that we might move forward, not be, be stuck. So Jesus is sharing a number of things in um, uh, this uh, time in the upper room with, with his disciples. So an, another massive truth that he's, he's sharing with his disciples is that Jesus and the Father, they're one. And of course he gets into the great prayer in chapter 7 and uh, all about unity but again and again, he's saying, you know, I, these are not my words. Whatever I've done, I've received from the Father. When the Holy Spirit comes, he will take what I've got because I got it from the Father. He will take 
from the Father, from the Son, he'll give to you. And so this understanding of this uh, enormous mystery begins to be released and revealed to, to the disciples. And uh, at first it's kind of like, well, you know, how do we know which way? Where's the Father, you know? And the guys are saying, you know, show us the Father. And Jesus says, guys, how long have I been with you? All right? And so he says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And so Jesus is beginning to, to download to them this amazing spiritual truth about the being in Christ and being in the Father and having access to the Father. And uh, so there's so many things that we'll, we'll come to um, at, a, at a later stage. He also gives them this, this most uh, amazing insight that we call to live in joy. That he he's wants us to experience joy. And so we've got in, in chapter 15 of John's gospel, the whole thing of the, the vine and, and, and that your joy may be complete, may be full. A fullness of joy, complete, you know, to the brim, running over. That kind of joy is the, is the way that we're supposed to live our lives. It's kind of like, whoa, hang on, wait a minute. You've just been speaking about trouble and difficulty, and now you're saying, hey, there's this most incredible, overwhelming, ecstatic joy that's awaiting you. It's kind of like, yes, in 2021, we're called into his joy. Yay. All right. It's in the midst of all of this other stuff that's going on. It's not in the absence of all obstacles and difficulty that we will experience joy. Much like peace is also our portion. But it's peace in the storm. It's joy in the midst of adversity. And this is this paradox of the Christian life that we are called to walk it's the most extraordinary thing. Yeah, we don't have to come under the things of this world. We can rise above. Hallelujah. So the thing that I'm, I'm wanting to uh, land on today is this, the statement that Jesus makes. And he says, your grief will be turned to joy. Come on, I want to have a drink to that. Our grief will be turned to joy. Oh, just let that think, sink in. As you think about it, the grief that we're facing, kind of like we had one of the most unusual New Year's Eve that we've ever had. It's like daylight savings, we could celebrate three hours earlier. Nine o'clock was like midnight. New Year's came early. <laughs> Curfew. It's kind of like, what? What kind of a New Year is that? It's kind of like, People perplexed, puzzled, like, wow, is this a sign of really, really bad things? So there was grieving, there was sorrow, there's, you know, confusion. And into all of this, I believe the word of the Lord for us as we go into 2021 is that your grief will soon be turned to joy. Let's just think about that. So, let's go to John chapter 16, and uh, let's pick it up from, from verse 19, and um, let's, let's read this together. 
Jesus saw that they wanted to ask him about this. So he said to them, Are you asking one another what I meant when I said, In a little while you will see me no more, and then after a little while you will see me. Obviously Jesus is talking about his death and his burial in the tomb, so they will not see him, and then after a little while, after three days, you'll see me again. He rose again from the dead. Verse 20, I tell you the truth, you will weep and mourn, while the world rejoices, all right? So obviously it had the immediate outcome when all the, the hordes were shouting, crucify, crucify, and let Barabbas go free. And so they were rejoicing because they got their way. The religious people got their way. But the disciples, obviously, they were weeping, they were mourning, they were in grief. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. Folks, I want you to underline that. I want you to highlight that because that I believe is a word of the Lord for us for this year, that he will turn our grief into joy. Oh man, I'm already looking forward to this year. Then Jesus goes on to explain. Verse 21. A woman birth to a child has pain because her time has come. But when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. So with you. Now is your time of grief, but I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. Isn't that amazing? No one, nothing, no circumstance, no one will be able to take away your joy. This is a special kind of joy that God has got reserved for us, that even though there's a time of grieving and a time of wailing and mourning, a time of loss, God is going to turn this all around and he's going to turn it into a place of great rejoicing. And nothing and no one will be able to remove and take away that joy. In that day, you will no longer ask me anything. I tell you the truth. My Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. Powerful insight that Jesus is giving to his followers right here. You've not had to ask anything in my name. Remember... The understanding, the Hebraic understanding, when you ask something, uh, the name meant a reflection of the person's nature, their character, their will, their purpose. So when we pray and we ask anything according to the nature, the will, the character, the purpose of Jesus, when we go through that to the Father, because through Jesus, we, the Son, we have access to the Father, so we can ask in Jesus' name to the Father, and the Father will give us whatever we ask because we're asking according to the will, the nature, the character, the plans, the purposes of Jesus. Because Jesus' will, nature, plans, purpose, character is exactly consistent and in alignment with the plans, purpose of the Father, because Jesus said, I only do what Father does, I only say what Father says, Jesus is in complete alignment with the Father. Of course, the Father is going to give it anything you ask. So when we come into alignment with Jesus, whatever we ask, because it is in alignment with the Father, the Father is going to give. 
And when we get the answer to those prayers, it's kind of like, wow, the supernatural has crashed into this world. Our joy will be complete. Boom, the kingdom is coming. Yay! We're advancing the kingdom, the very things that we're praying when we're praying according to his plans and purposes, and we see the kingdom breaking into this world, our joy becomes full. It's complete. <laughs> we're only going to see the breakthrough when we're facing impossible situations and we have to go through these things. That's why the Lord has given us the name breakthrough. Because he's wanting us to rise up in faith, in believing that God is able to overcome any obstacle that is in the way of God's plans and purposes. I want to come back in a few weeks' time and talk about, you know, faith that moves mountains. What is the mountain? Because that, found, that mountain is going to be moved. God is causing us He's calling us and he's causing us to have the kind of faith that moves mountains. Obstacles that are in the way of the advance of the kingdom. That's why we are breakthrough people. Because we're part of the advance of the kingdom. Hallelujah. So when we're praying according to his plans, according to his will, according to his eternal everlasting purposes, which will be established and accomplished, and we see it come to pass, it's kind of like, yay, we're on the winning side. The very things that we've been praying has come about. And the joy that can never be removed is our portion. And this is part of what 2021 is about. So don't worry about all the stuff that's being spread on social media and the news. I mean, goodness sake, people. There's so much stuff out there. It's unbelievable what people are believing about what's happening on the planet. <laughs> the, we are, with so much information at our fingertips, the world has never had so much information, and yet people are probably the most ignorant they've ever been. Oh my goodness, it's just kind of like we're like guppies. We just swallow anything and everything that's just thrown in the fish tank. Guys, don't believe everything. Let the Holy Spirit give you witness is this news that you're receiving, is it going to strengthen your faith? Is it going to cause you to give glory to God or is it going to magnify the devil? What do you want to magnify? Oh, goodness. So, Jesus is giving to his disciples a key here about prayer, overcoming prevailing, asking in my name, the kingdom advancing, and the connection with joy. Because we're about our master's business. Well done, good and faithful servant, steward. Enter into the joy of the Lord. When we're about God's business, we enter into his joy. <laughs> oh, yes, yay. Verse 25, though I've been speaking figuratively, a time is coming when I'll no longer use this kind of language, but will tell you plainly about my Father. In that day, you will ask in my name. I'm not saying that I will ask the Father on your behalf. No, the Father himself loves you 
because you have loved me, Jesus said, and you have believed that I came from God. I came from the Father and entered the world. Now I'm leaving the world and going back to the Father. So Jesus very clearly giving them uh, uh, the pre-warning about his plans and purposes. And guys, come along. This is going to be a journey, but this is actually what's taking place here. So, you know, so the cross will make sense. It's all part of it. And the burial, it's all part of it. But the resurrection is also going to be part of it. And Jesus walking for another 40 days with his disciples, you know, having meals with them, you know, watching them go fishing, all this kind of stuff, walking through walls, just doing some crazy things. So this is all part of it. And then I'm going to the Father, the ascension. Hey, this is all part of what's going on. I'm heading back to the Father. Hallelujah. All right. Um, then the disciples said, verse 29, Now you are speaking clearly and without figures of speech. Now we can see that you know all things and that you do not need to have anyone ask you questions. This makes us believe that you came from God. Verse 31, You believe at last, Jesus answered. But a time is coming and has come when you will be scattered, each to his own home. Hello. Oh, my goodness. When I read this again, it's kind of, oh, yeah, that fits us right now, doesn't it? A time is coming and has come when you will be scattered, each to his own home. <laughs> then he goes on to say, you will leave me all alone, yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. This is now obviously Jesus talking about when he was arrested and the disciples all ran away. Okay. I've told you these things, verse 33, so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble or tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Okay, verse 33 again. I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace, right? In me, peace. In this world, trouble. Can you see the the correlation here. In me, peace. In the world, trouble. So great contrast is taking place here. Jesus is saying, listen, guys, you can live in the world and the world system. I've overcome the world. It's the world order, the world way of organizing, and the system of this world. I have overcome this. You can either subject yourself to that and it's going to be trouble. Or in me, peace I've overcome. Jesus is calling us, inviting us to live in him in peace because there's storms in this world, but we can have peace in the middle of the storm. Hallelujah. So as we're going through the storms of 2021, and there'll be some storms, as we're going through the challenges, the, the, the ditches and the dongas and the potholes, as we're going through some of the economic hardship that we're going to be facing, as we're navigating our way through what is true news, what is fake news, as we're navigating through just the, the push and pull on, on our finances, on our uh, businesses, on our entrepreneurial things, as we, we, we're navigating through pressures on our relationships, as we are pushing through all of the trials, the testing, if you like, of our faith, 
as we're going through all of these things, Jesus is saying, stay in me. In me, peace. I've overcome the world. There's going to be some trouble. There's going to be some difficulty. You might face some sorrow, some grief, and some loss. But soon, your grief is going to turn to joy. It's as we're facing these impossible situations, grief, loss, hardship, difficulty, obstacle, being scattered, each to your own home, not being able to meet, not being able to hug, not being able to do all the things we want to do, storms and trouble in the world, as you face these obstacles, Jesus calls us to become overcomers. You can only be an overcomer when you're facing difficulty. Guys, you only need a miracle when your natural abilities are exhausted. If you can solve a situation in the natural, God's gifted you and given you abilities and resource. He's given you a brain so you can think. He's given you skills, abilities, talents to put it as a good steward to put it to work. He's looking for interest on the investment he's made in you. Get up off your blessed assurance and do something. You are meant to be a ruler, all right? We're meant to be kings and priests. We're meant to actually be those who can get up and take charge. We are those who make a difference. So get up and make a difference. Amen. Now, when you've exhausted all that you can do in the natural and you're facing an impossible situation, that is when you need a miracle. God is calling us to be supernatural believers. We do everything we can in the natural that is given to us. And then, as good stewards, when we've come to the end of everything we can do in the natural with what he's given us, then we turn to the supernatural, then we get into the realm of the miraculous. And God is calling us to step up into that realm at the same time that we're walking in the natural realm, there's also the supernatural realm. And God is providing us with the most amazing opportunities in 2021 that we might come across a bunch of miracles. Grief, sorrow, loss are invitations to miracles. In this world you will have trouble, but don't panic. Peace in the storm, I've overcome. Do not let your heart be troubled. Stay in me. Stay in the Prince of Peace. When we're in him and we're in that place of peace, then we can face the storms and we release what's in, inside of us and we release peace onto the outside. The miraculous, the supernatural begins to take place. 
That's when we begin to overcome. That's what God is calling us to be and to do. Not just be under the circumstances. Oh, how are you feeling? Oh, well, under the circumstances, I guess I'm okay. Nonsense. We're going to rise up. Lord, I'm doing everything I can to look after my immune system. So eat properly. Cut out the stuff that you don't need. Just because they're advertising and marketing it to you, and they're putting all kinds of agents into that food to make you want to guzzle even more, doesn't mean you should eat it. So you're putting toxic stuff into your body, you're going to get diseased, diseased. So look after your body. It has some value. But when you've done all of that, then you say, now, Lord, as a good steward, I'm trusting not just in what I've done. Actually, I'm trusting in you. So would you strengthen and boost my immune system? Now I resist this virus. Yay. All right. And so we, we step into the supernatural. We do all that we can in the natural, and then we step into the supernatural. And you can apply that principle to every single area. If you're studying, Lord, I've done whatever I can to study. I've worked really hard at this stuff. But there's some concepts here I do not understand. I've done everything. Lord, give me revelation. Give me understanding. And the Lord will give it to you. He'll give you dreams. He'll give you people who come across your path and just a couple of sentences and all of a sudden the lights go on. It's like revelation. Ding! Yeah, it's a supernatural encounter. In your business, you've done everything that you can. You've done the advertising. You've done the hard work. You're working with excellence and with integrity and righteousness. You've said no to the bribes. You haven't done those underhanded tender things. You've been doing things the way you're supposed to do it. You're offering a great product, excellent service. You're going out of your way to do the best that you can. And you say, all right now, Lord, I need you to cause me to be in the right place at the right time for divine encounters that I can actually close some deals. It's the supernatural coming on top of the natural. You do everything you can do and then let the supernatural come and take you to the next level. And if you're in a place of kind of like I'm absolute lost, devastation, I'm drowning in debt. It's kind of like, Lord, I need a savior. I need rescue. Right? So just like the junk food, you don't keep putting toxin into your body, well, stop using your credit card and buying stuff that you don't really need, living beyond your means. When you start doing those kinds of things, you're going to watch how the Lord comes through amazing for you. You as a good steward, and then you tap into the supernatural. But don't be a wicked, lazy steward, hide all the stuff, and just expect God to give it all to you. No, you're going to rise up, and be a good steward, and then you trust the Lord to make up the difference. No matter what we're facing, it's both the natural and the supernatural. And God is giving us, in 2021, the most amazing opportunities to rise above and to come over these things. Great opportunities. So I believe that one of the words of the Lord for us in 2021 is that He's going to turn our grief into joy. We're going to look back at the end of 2021 and we say, wow, how did we get here? It's amazing. And we're just like overwhelmed. We're euph euphoric with joy, with gladness, just delighting in him, in who he is and his, his provision, 
his protection, the, the revelation, just the, the inner maturity, the building up of our faith. Things that used to rock us in the past don't rock us anymore. We used to lose our cool. We used to kind of like, oh, get really ratty with other people. And now God has given us a grace. We're actually developed. We're, we're gaining in our maturity in him. That's part of his plan and his purpose in 21. And now grief is going to turn into joy. So I'm going to pray with you. And uh, I believe that the best is yet to come. We're going to be, we're going to be seeing some good things. So let's pray together. Thank you, Lord, that you're setting us up in 2021 to be victorious and to be overcomers. Thank you that you are allowing us to come into contact with situations that are bigger than us in order that we might not rely on ourselves only and our own strength and all of these things but that we might turn to you and in faith and in confidence in you and your ability, we might rise above and get over these things. Thank you, Lord, that you're causing us in 2021 to come to a place of adulthood, of maturity. Thank you that this is a great year. Thank you this is a year for growing up. And we thank you that help is on the way. There's light at the end of the tunnel, that grief will be turned to joy. Amen and amen and amen. God bless you.